Welcome back, listeners. Got a question for you. Are you finding it hard to figure out who to invite to your wedding? Are you dealing with dynamics of family members you may never even heard of believing that they have a right to be there? Or a, an estranged parent who believes it is their right to walk you down the aisle or to be presented at the wedding? Well, this is what this podcast is uh, we're going to discuss today. Well, of course, I got my beautiful wife, Lisa. Hey, everyone. And we're going to be discussing, is it a privilege or a right to attend a wedding? So here, let's kind of get into it. I was um, in researching for this particular topic because over the last 15 years, uh, I know in our wedding, uh, just going back 15 years ago, 15, (laughs) 16 years ago, we struggled with who to invite and who to even make part of the wedding party. But also when we were um, helping couples through their premarital, that issue always came up of the wedding list. Now, there's some financial reasons yes. of who to invite. Are you going to have a dinner or are you going to just do hors d'oeuvres or what are you going to do? There was also family dynamics. Do you really want your drunk uncle uh, there because you know he's going to get naked and streak the thing? Or do you want someone that's not really in favor of your wedding? That's always been an issue, I think, for people. But they were grandma or grandpa right. or a, a, a very strong-willed aunt or uncle. Yes. You know, there's a lot of dynamics. And it and when you invite people or not invite people, have you experienced people getting angry with you? Nasty emails or text messages or even a bitter phone call. Do you even get kind of dirty looks from coworkers that you didn't invite to a wedding that you may have only said one or two words to? Right. You know, if this is you, you are not alone. In researching this, uh, I was looking for statistics and studies, and honestly, there wasn't much out there. But you know what was out there? A lot and a lot of people who were lamenting and were frustrated over this issue of the in, the in invitation list, the guest list, of being invited and just frustrated on who to invite, who to not invite, and do I have to stick with tradition, or do I have to invite people who I don't really like, but somehow they're supposed to be at the wedding. So there's a website out there that was really, that we've kind of come to enjoy. It's called The Knot, um, and it's a forum here, and it's a, I suggest you check it out. It's called The Knot. You'll notice it because it has kind of like the rainbow colors in the, in the verbiage, <laughs> but there is a one person that we're not gonna uh, not gonna give their name, but if you're having to listen to this podcast and you're like, I wrote that. Hey, connect with us. We would we want to interview you and yeah, talk with absolutely. you. Absolutely. But uh, um, Lisa, why don't you go ahead and read this forum here? Okay. Okay, so it goes like this: We are planning a very small, no frills wedding for our family and close childhood friends. We did this for a lot of reasons. One of which we're both sticking to a strict budget. We're both teachers and we're paying for the wedding on our own. We're in our 30s, so rather than spend a ton of money on the wedding, we'd like to save up money to start our family in the next year or so. We got a great venue, but it's also very small, 50 people max. Because of this, we've had to keep the guest list very short. We're not even having groomsmen and bridesmaids, mainly to spare people's feelings and make it easier on everyone. But for some reason, everyone we've ever known ever keeps inviting themselves to our wedding. It is constant. People are getting publicly angry with us on Facebook. 
My coworkers are no longer talking to me. Distant step family members I have never actually met in person are hurt. And we keep giving the same line. We would love to have everyone come, but we have had to keep it very small and limited to family. And people are still furious with us. I'm wishing we had just eloped. I thought the whole point of weddings was to celebrate starting your new life as a married couple with your family and your community recognizing your new role. Not everyone who supposedly cares about you expecting you to drown yourself in debt, number one cause of divorce and is financial problems, so they can come to a free party. I don't know if people just think we're being cheapskates. If we were in higher earning careers, maybe we could afford a bigger wedding. But I feel like we deserve to at least have a day with our family, even if we don't make a ton of money. Now I feel like we're somehow being selfish for getting married. The whole thing is just making me feel horrible. The wedding is already ruined and it's still months away. Has anyone else out here had this happen? What do you do? What do you do when explaining we're just keeping it small and private doesn't work? I know, if they're really your friends, they'll understand, but they don't. And I have to maintain a work relationship with some of these people. And some of these people are step family. Instead of feeling loved and embraced by people we love, we totally feel abandoned by everyone we thought cared. You know, I have a feeling that many of you listeners probably feel the same here. It is such a headache because I think there's two two reasons, and I'm going to be honest. Everything we're saying from here on out, hey, you can debate with, and it, um, but if you're going to debate with it, uh, ask yourself, is it because we struck a chord in your ego, or do you really truly have some logical, evidence-based differences that you know you can say, well, this is why I disagree with you. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's just because, well, it's just not right, then you know it's probably ego. So. However, think about what we've said. I'll even be right up front and saying, this is our argument, everything we're going to say from here on out. Maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't, but I think we've really given, given uh, what we're about to say some thought. Yes, I would agree. So here, here's our stance. There are very few people in your life, and when I'm talking about, I'm talking to you, bride and groom, okay? Mm-hmm. There are very few people in your life that have a right to be at your wedding. The rest are just privileged to be invited. Now, for those of you who are listening to this and you're not getting married and you are the guest, it's a very good chance you have no right to be there. It is just a privilege to be invited. Now, why do people actually kind of get angry at this when they're not invited? You know what it really is? I think it's FOMO. You know, yeah. and that's do that in their own. It's that fear yeah. of missing yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's the I'm going to miss out on the party. And the problem with that is, is I think people's perspectives are in the wrong area of why people are getting married. You got to remember, a wedding, a marriage is two people making a commitment to each other. And we know this is kind of the case because a lot of times the ceremony is attended so much less. Than the people right. who come to the reception. That's true. Now, being Latino, I've seen this in the Latino culture. I mean, you'll have like 30 people at the church and then 300 at the reception. <laughs> it's very true. You know, and we've actually seen this in other places, too, where it's just a very, very small uh, um, ceremony. But then everyone is at the reception. And I think it's because we have put in our 
perspective. We've put in our emphasis on the wrong thing. Yeah, we've put it on the reception rather than the commitment that the two people are making to each other. So the reality is this, is that if you attend a wedding, you are there to witness two people making a commitment to be there for each other, to work through life's challenges, Mm -hmm. to stand by each other. And it's that commitment that we are celebrating at the reception. But for some reason, people believe that the wedding is for you. It's not. It's for the bride and groom. It's for those who are getting married. So, again, what's our stance? It is... Very few people in the life of the couple have a right to be at the wedding. The rest are just privileged to be invited. So let's go over the right first. Now, again, we're giving you our perspective, but we really do think that there's some uh, real logical reasons for this. The first is the first people who have a right to be at the wedding are the people who actually cared and raised you. Now, I want you to understand something. We're going to say certain uh, uh, things here, and it's going to be the small words that matter. All right? It's the small world words. Because you can say, well, you know, I had a dad. He did raise me. But yeah. He wasn't really there, even though he raised me. He was emotionally abusive. Right. He might have been physically or sexually abusive. He might have actually just was an absentee father. Mm-hmm. Or an overbearing mother. And when I mean overbearing, I mean just like the type that you just never were around. So here's the key word. Actually cared and raised you. Because you might have a biological mom. and You might have had a biological dad. But it really was the stepmom or the stepdad who made sure you brushed your teeth before you went to bed. Right. Who actually paid for your first car, who helped you, who was there for you when you had a broken heart, who kicked you in the butt who needed it when you needed it. Mm -hmm. Or even a grandparent. Mm -hmm. I know that happens a lot nowadays too. A grandparent cared and raised for you, raised you um, while the parents weren't really around. It could be an aunt or uncle. Basically it, whoever, whoever was there who actually cared and raised you. Mm -hmm. Has a right to be at the wedding. And this might even, and for those of you guys who are in mixed family, you know, it might be appropriate to have two fathers walk you down the aisle because they both were there for you. Yeah. It's whatever works for your wedding. You know, the idea of tradition is kind of out the door now because a lot of things that we do in weddings are from the Victorian era and they're based on tradition that really have no meaning anymore. They had meaning at the time, but they don't. That might be a good idea for another podcast. Yeah, no, it's a podcast (laughs) for another day. But let me emphasize that the person who has a right to be there is that person who actually cared and raised you, whether it's your biological parents, step parents, grandparents, uh, could even have been a foster, Mm -hmm. you know, or adopted. They have a right to be there, and you should make a, accommodations for them to be there. However, you don't let them fight to get to see who's the top dog. You figure out how you honor and respect them both. We always tell couples, it's your wedding. You do what you want, not what the parent wants or what the aunt wants or what the grandparent wants or, or whatever. It's your wedding. Mm-hmm. The second one is people who have always been there for you. This could be a sibling. 
This could be a best friend. Now, I'm talking the person who's there with you through thick and thin. When you have hard times in their life, they're standing by you. When you have good times in your life, they're celebrating with you. Mm -hmm. When you do really dumb things, they're still standing by you making excuses (laughs) for you, okay? That it's those people who should be there, which a lot of times is part of the wedding party. Yeah. Yeah, usually. Yep. That's very true. Just because they're blood doesn't mean they actually get that spot of position. The person who has the right to be there is the one who actually was there for you. And supported you in everything. Here's this other one, and this one might be the controversial one. The other person who has the right to be at your wedding is the person paying for it. And their guests. So here's the thing. Here, this, is, this can get really sticky. If you have a parent, grandparent who is paying for the wedding, they are paying more than 50%, then they get 50% of the guest list. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember we were at a, a person's wedding once. Well, we're not going to name names, but uh, uh, I think everyone that was actually the groom's and bride's friends. Yes, was at one table. Was at one table. But there was like, what, 200 people there? Yeah, it was a big wedding. And it was a rich wedding, too. It was a too. nice wedding, yeah. You know, like the centerpieces were like $250 each, you know. Flowers flown in from South America. I mean, I, I don't know. I made yeah. that up, but it, it looked <laughs> like it. You know, everything was just glamour and and beautiful and elegant. But I think it was either dad or stepdad. I can't remember. Mm, I think it was. I think it was... Her parents that paid for it. Yeah, her parents paid for it who were very wealthy and pretty much 75% of the guest list was work friends, networking, other rich people. Yep, they kind of took over the guest list, if I remember correctly, from the bride. Well, they paid for it. They paid fully for it. So So they have a right to be there because they're paying for it. This is a hard thing because I think sometimes, uh, and I'm talking to you, uh, bride and groom, even though it's your party, whoever's paying gets to have the bulk of the guest list. Because on some level, they also want to kind of, you know, and it's not always in a sinister or an egotistical way. They kind of want to show you off. Right. You know, like, look at my beautiful daughter. I want my friends to see my beautiful daughter. Or I want my, you know, I want everyone to show how awesome my son is. And, you know, he's marrying this beautiful lady or, you know, vice versa or differences. Um, that That's a hard thing. And I think that's it a hard, p- hard pill for uh, couples to swallow. It is. But if you want control of the guest list... You got to pay for it. Or you got to have some really uh, generous upfront conversations with whoever's paying for it saying, I really want this guest list. But I would tell you, couples, whoever's paying for it, you need to ask them, who would you like at the wedding? Especially if it's that person who is so generous, they're willing to give you money, but secretly down inside, they kind of hope, you know... A, this family member or this friend is able to come, You, I would say you need to give them that. So who are the people who have a right to be at your wedding, whether you like it or not? People who actually cared and raised you. People who have always been there, like your best friend or, you know, some a mentor, that kind of thing. And the person who's paying for it and their guests. Yep. Those are the people who have a right to be at your wedding. So who are the privileged Who are the privileged ones? Pretty much everyone else. All right. Now, 
Who would you put as privileged? I'll be honest. Not everyone at your work should be invited to come. And you don't want to use your wedding as a political move so you can move up the corporate ladder. That That's not respectful to your spouse, and it's not really uh, – that's not what it's for. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, be a kiss butt like everyone else and buy them coffee and laugh at their jokes when they're not funny, okay? <laughs> you know, that you know if you're going to kiss your boss's butt, do it that way. Don't do the wedding thing, okay? Right. That's just – you're going to get yourself in a bind that you you regret because unless it, you want to invite them, yeah, unless you want to, but don't think you have to, right? Because then your boss is going to go, and then you don't really like him. And then he's he, going to judge you because you got drunk. Yeah, <laughs> or he meets your you know crazy aunt, and then they get a thing going on, and right. now he's your real uncle. All right, and now and you got to real awkward. Yeah, now you have to deal with him for the rest of your life. So don't <laughs> set yourself up to fail. All right, so. Who do you who's a privilege to come to your wedding? Like I said, everyone else, but what are the categories in everyone else that probably should be above above all? Well, people that you see as important in your life. Whoever has been there cheering on your your dating life and you being as a couple, those people are the ones that you may want to consider inviting to your wedding. Even that random person that uh, 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 may have helped you think through you developing as a person, you developing mm-hmm. as a couple. You know, one of our favorite shows was The New Girl. And I think it was Nick. He invited that old, uh, 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 I think he was either Chinese or Japanese yeah. man who who, ha- who knew no English. <laughs> But that this man would sit at, with him, and there was many episodes where he's like sitting with him and just talking about his relationship yep. and his decision making. And Nick always felt that this man was there for him. And guess who was at the wedding? <laughs> it was him. Um, that is that is definitely a person that you know those types of people you would want to invite for to your wedding. Maybe that neighbor couple who showed you what it means to be a married couple, to be a loving couple. Mm-hmm. That's a group that you want to bring in. Uh, this could be a, a pastor, therapist, um, um, anyone that has cheered you on. And even someone who has really kind of called you out on your crap. Yeah. But they did it because they wanted to see the best in you. You know, those are the people that you should invite to your wedding and should have the privilege because they cheered you on before, so they cheer you on now. Right. I'll be honest. I've been at a few weddings. I honestly didn't care if the couple made it or not. <laughs> I didn't know who they were. That's nice. <laughs> all I knew is they were having buttercream cake and they were serving steak. That was awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, and I'm a, and I and and we're in the business of couples getting married. Right. So if I feel that way, there's other people who truly don't care about you. Why have them there? Right. You want it to be meaningful and memorable. So you want to have the people that have encouraged you in as a couple. The other group in privilege that you would want there is people you want to thank. Now, when I say thank, I'm not saying payback. Cousin so-and-so invited you to their wedding. So now you feel obligated that you have to invite them to your wedding. Right. No, don't do those. Not those people. Okay, that's not. You don't want. You don't want to invite someone that you feel is a payback. Right. You don't want it to feel like an obligation. You want to invite people that you want to thank. 
again, it's very similar to the list that we said before. Those people who developed you as a person to help who were there for you to help you grow into the adult that you have become. That family member who was there for you through thick and thin, that, that aunt that maybe you didn't talk to, but you know what? They always made sure that your birthday was remembered. They always mm-hmm. made sure they remembered you on Christmas. They always made sure that they celebrated those milestones in your life. That's the family member that you want to invite to thank them for being there in your life. You see, we have become a society that thinks that bigger is better, and it really is not. Quality is better. And if you're going to celebrate this time in your life of connecting and making a commitment to another person, then you want the people celebrating with you who has celebrated you all along. You know, I, when I think back on our wedding, I have, um, it's one of those things where ours was a little different because we wanted everyone to be there. Um, because like I had said before that you were in ministry and at the church and we didn't want to feel obligated to have to cut people out. Um, and so we chose to do it a little bit different and make it a little bit cheaper, but just do our d'oeuvres, um, so that everyone could come. And, you know, of course there's always things that I regret and say, oh, I should have done this different. One thing would be make sure you have a wedding planner. Cause that is definitely important. Cause I discovered that after, as I was getting married. Um, but you know, I, I definitely think that if you're wanting everyone to be invited because they mean a lot to you or or whatever it might be, kind of consider that and see, you know, budget-wise, what can we do, what can't we do, and kind of go from there with it. You know, it's interesting, and I just, I don't think you and I have ever talked about it. I really like the fact that we did invite everyone, mm-hmm. but if I were to have it to do it again, I think I would have made the list a lot smaller. Yeah, because I, I mean, if you think about it, I I think a lot of things were a, a little bit chaotic, but a lot of people didn't realize, you know, that we weren't having dinner. So they came hungry, you know, and then it was like, oh, and then they left really early because they didn't even realize it. Whereas I think if we had to do it over again, it would have been even more meaningful, I think, if we mm-hmm. had invited the people that we knew would want to stay. Because I know there are certain people who showed up that I'm like, why Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, in my family dynamics, uh, you know, I wasn't really close to my grandma. Now, I know she loves me dearly and uh, I knew she loved me and thought of me, but she didn't even show up to my wedding. She sent her neighbor. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even realize that. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I remember telling my mom, <laughs> it was actually, I mean, uh, it was actually at that moment where I'm like, okay. I love you, Grandma, but I'm kind of done with you. Um, <laughs> she didn't even – yeah, it was family friends of hers, and she sent them in their stead. And I remember I'm like, who is this couple? <laughs> I don't know them. And my mom goes, oh, that's uh, that's you know that's, your, that's some of your grandma and grandpa, which is a step-grandpa, uh, best friends. And I'm like, she couldn't even come to my wedding and she sent the neighbor? Right. I did, I did not even realize They didn't even that. bring a gift, <laughs> That's honestly. Hilarious. 
They ate our mini chimmies and left. I know. I don't even think they said hi. Probably not. It was weird. Anyways, but, you know, it's just, that's just kind of what it is. And you know what? You're going to have fallout. You know, the reality is, is no matter who you invite, you're going to have fallout. And it's just, you know, you you can't let it uh, get the best of you and you can't let it ruin your day. Because, again, it's about who was there for you. All right? right. It's about your commitment to each other, which means those who made commitments to you and kept them, those are the people who should be at your wedding. So coming back to that about who actually cared and, and raised you, you know, my dynamic was kind of interesting because I had um, a father that, that raised me, um, but coming on down the line when I was more of an adult, he wasn't really caring for my siblings. And that was something that I really struggled with because, you know, I had asked him if he could help. And he said, well, we'll see. I'll see what I can do, which was nothing. And that usually means nothing. Um, And so I kind of, kind of gave him this choice of, Hey, you know, I really want you to walk me down the aisle. Um, because I have always wanted that. I always pictured that if, if you ladies can remember father of the bride, I always pictured my daddy walking me down the aisle. And so I really wanted that to be, but I had also said, Hey, I need you to start taking care of my siblings financially. I need you to start like being involved. And he chose not to, Uh, when it came down to it, he just chose not to. And so I chose the one that was kind of second um, to that when, you know, my dad was there, but my uncle was really the one that really showed me he cared. And I felt like raised me a lot. Um, He was, and would be in your corner. Yeah. He was even there when my parents were divorced way young um, and lived with me and took care of me. And so I chose to have him walk me down the aisle instead. And sometimes that's, that's those decisions that you have to make. There is, you know, I I know that in talking with a lot of uh, uh, couples, you know, especially with women, they get a vision in their head of how their wedding's supposed to be like. And I got to tell you, you got to drop those expectations and you got to live in the present because the reality is, is that, there's going to be people in your life who might have been there early on, but then they did something to disqualify themselves right. from being able to walk with you further. And that's just a reality of life. It's sad. It's depressing. My heart breaks for that because I would love for every bride to have their father walk them down the aisle. Yeah, it was it was really hard when I did it. And I even had to send my uh, soon-to-be husband to kind of deliver the news because I just couldn't. It was really hard for me. And which was really upsetting for me because, you know, I would have loved to have that uh, chance to be able to sit across the bride, the father of the bride, and to be able to prove myself and to be able to ask for his blessing. But when I sat there, I saw a pitiful, pathetic man that... I wasn't there to impress, but there to draw a boundary and a line and to say, you're not welcome. Now, because of who I am and my personality, I had no problem doing that. But deep down, it it saddened me that I had to do that. And it, it did boil down to the fact that he didn't walk him down the aisle, but we did allow him to attend um, just because he had raised me. 
but I did not give him that privilege to actually walk me down the aisle. Now, in his mind, it was his right. Right. And that's part of, I think, something that I think family members get wrong. No, it's not always your right. Sometimes as a family member, if you want to maintain your right, then you got to do the work. Right. You know, we say love takes work. That's for the long haul. Just because you were involved in donating the DNA does not give you the right to have places of honor. Mm -hmm. Places of honor are earned. And that's why I chose my uncle, because he had earned it. So as you guys can see, it is very, it is a very hot button topic. And I guarantee that you as a couple will probably even argue about the guest list. But I encourage you, talk it through and ask yourself this question. Use this as a filter. Who has a right to be at your wedding? Well, these are the people who actually cared and raised you. I'm not saying they always made you happy. Right. I'm saying they actually cared and raised you. The people who have a right to be there are the ones who have always been there for you. It might not be who you think it is. You might say, oh, I have a best friend, but come to find out this best friend is very self-centered and always thinks about themselves. Well, if you have to cut a guest list, you might have to cut them. All right? It just is what it is. Choose the people who have always been there. They have a right to be there and to celebrate with you. And then, of course, you know, this is the controversial one. Whoever's paying, they have a right to be there as well as their guests. You might have to do some negotiation on that guest list, but they definitely deserve a portion of that list, whether you like it or not. Everyone else, it's a privilege for them to be there. And if it's a privilege, make sure it's people you want to thank. Make sure it's people that are important in your life. And good luck on creating your guest list. But I'll tell you, if it just gets too much of a headache for you, Focus on your spouse. Yes. And maybe I'll lope. Grab a few friends, grab a few family members, and go get married. Because at the end of the day, it's not about throwing a party. Mm -hmm. It's about making a commitment. And I think that's, oh, I think a lot of couples uh, figured that out during COVID. Absolutely. All right. That's all for today. And let us remember, love is not just of the heart, but also of the mind. After hearing this podcast, if you would like some premarital coaching, come check out our new website at hmpremarital.com. That again is hmpremarital.com. If you have enjoyed the show and it really has helped you out in your relationship, consider being a supporter of the show. You could either click the little heart icon in the top right-hand corner of our podcast website or you can click in the description where it says support the show. Any donation would be greatly appreciated. And remember, love is not just of the heart, but it's also of the mind.